What are the three key questions facing the 2023 Tennessee Titans for fantasy football ahead of their training camp? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we begin another week of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're getting all the offseason rankings ready for you there to know who to draft, who to look at in reality and fantasy above the other in the offensive skill position realm. All that good stuff uh, at Sporting News we will have up. We're waiting for some key signings across the NFL to uh, finish the fantasy football landscape. Well, we got one over the weekend. DeAndre Hopkins picked his team. It is not the Patriots. He is signing with the Tennessee Titans. So that was a finalist. They put more money in front of him and eventually he picked them and it's a good landing spot. They don't have a lot. Traylon Burks is their number one returning the first round pick going into his second year. You don't have much beyond that Nick Westbrook at Kine, and it really dries out at wide receiver after that. So good decision by Hopkins to have a key role. What does that mean for his fantasy value and that of Burks and the other pass catchers and Ryan Tannehill slash Will Levis? We'll explore that on today's show as well as looking at Derrick Henry. Is there one more big workhorse season left in the big guy? We're going to find out and uh, explore that here on today's show. So a lot of good stuff coming at you here on Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen today. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. We have some breaking news timed well with the, the Titans, right? Uh, so we'll take that for sure. And look at DeAndre Hopkins. What is his impact here just to, with the potential of his fantasy football production with his third team after going from the Texans to the Cardinals? And then what does it mean for the rest of this team? It's not a high passing team. We know that. So let's break it down here. Let's first look at some of the numbers we want to examine. You have 199 total vacated targets. That's a pretty high number. It's 10th in the NFL. 151 of those came from two players. Uh, that's uh, Robert Woods, the wide receiver, who's now, of all places, in Houston, where Hopkins started his career. And you have Austin Hooper as well, tight end. So 91 targets, that's a key number from Woods, 60 for Hooper. When you put their numbers together, 971 yards, four TDs, and 94 there with the target. So interesting numbers that you're looking at overall with what's vacated between those two. And again, one of them is a tight end in Austin Hooper. So that we will get to in our final segment, looking at Chiga Conquo, his potential impact. But this is not really good for Traylon Burks. We were banging the tables of potential sleeper wide receiver three. 
we have to see, uh, however, we feel like Hopkins all the way as a wide receiver too. I think it's a bit aggressive to put him in the top 15, top 20, but in a solid spot here, I think you look at a wide receiver too who should get the activity there. Now you look at their passing numbers, not great. They threw 50.9% of the time. The Titans did last year, 27th of the league. They do have a new offensive coordinator. He was their passing game coordinator last year, Tim Kelly. He was with the Texans for a period of time. So there's some crossover there with Hopkins. So you'd figure they're going to throw a little bit more if you have the passing game coordinator in the mix. The Titans defense played really well last season. So that kind of played in the narrative of being power running with Derrick Henry and doing that first and sticking with that formula, battling attrition with Mike Vrabel, but didn't work, right? It didn't work in the form of getting them to the division title again. The Jaguars took it away from them. The Jaguars opened it up with the passing game, and that was the ultimate difference there. They had a little bit more pop on top of the running game to be the better, more versatile offense. Now, Traylon Burks, who was not pretty last year, he was uh, battling injuries there, just not during the draft, but after wide receiver 80 overall, 33 catches on 54 targets, 444 yards, and a TD. So not a lot to see there. Let's look at what DeAndre Hopkins did, however. He played nine games for the Cardinals last year after suspension, slow start. He was wide receiver 47 overall with all that missed time. But get this, he was a wide receiver one, wide receiver 11 when you look at the average scoring. He had some big weeks, and then he kind of faded in the last three games there. But overall, 13.3 fantasy points in half-point PPR on average in the nine games he played. So you look at that. That's pretty darn good, right? And you look at the numbers with Nick Westbrook-Akine, when you add it to Traylon Burks, he only had uh, 25 catches, 397 yards, and three TDs. So that's kind of the pool you're working with, looking at the Woods numbers, then stealing a little bit from the Burks numbers, and also looking at Westbrook-Akine. So there's a lot of numbers to be had. We know it's a veteran quarterback right now starting for the time being in Ryan Tannehill. They might all together redshirt Will Levis, their Second round pick there in the entire season. So when we look at that, we examine, okay, he's going to have a veteran quarterback. You see what he's done before, Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. Hopkins has uh, thrived well with those guys having a legitimate quarterback. So Tannehill can at least put the ball in the guy's hands, right? That's going to be the most active receiver, and we've seen that. He likes to have a go-to guy. We've seen it with different Receivers here in Tennessee, A.J. Brown was that guy a couple years ago before they made the trade with the Eagles. So now they're looking for that alpha, that number one. And there's not a lot of uh, mouths to feed here because it's not a high-volume passing game. So this is really not good for Burks at all with this acquisition. He was already ranked pretty low. Let's look at where he is. He was wide receiver 34. That's going to plummet, I think, even more. Hopkins is going to be way up there from wide receiver 35. So I think that's just a placeholder ranking in the half-point expert consensus rankings on fantasy pros. The indications are he should creep into the top 25, top 30 there, and Burks is going to fade a little bit more. There's no way you're going to support two wide receivers that high in this offense. So when look at that, Burks fades out of wide receiver three contention. Hopkins rises into wide receiver two. Again, I'm not going to go crazy. I think in the 20 to 30 range makes sense. I think going above that is a little bit aggressive, expecting him to be what he was last year even uh, with the wide receiver one value that he yielded with the Cardinals. Keep in mind, the Cardinals are a pretty wide open passing team. The Texans did a lot of passing. They had some bad defenses as well. And that was a pass-first mentality. And again, this is more run-first to kind of pound away a little bit. So the volume may go up a little bit with Tim Kelly. So I'm not expecting a drastic shift. And you have 50.9%. 
passing last year. So you could see 55, somewhere in that range here. So a little bit more opportunity for these receivers when you add the vacated targets and extra targets that might be available here. But it all still points well to Hopkins. And fading Burks makes a lot of sense. He's still a green player. He barely got his feet wet as a rookie. Hopkins is the go-to guy, savvy, only 31 years old, still has something left. That's going to be the question mark. But I think this type of offense is better than one that's a little bit pass-friendly that has a lot of weapons, right? I think it's better for him to be zeroed in as a key target for his value. So I'm going to conservatively, again, top 20 to 30 there. I'm going to put Hopkins there. I don't think there's any doubt, given the money they gave him and the interest in outbidding the Patriots, that they wanted a uh, veteran wide receiver one in reality, and they're going to get that. That means a veteran wide receiver two in fantasy when you adjust for the limited volume and the limitations of this passing game overall if there's a transition from Tannehill to Levis happening at some point this year. So, yeah, so Hopkins, again, don't go crazy drafting him. Don't look at the past numbers and just look at the name on the back. Think about his context with his team. I think it'll work out a little bit better than we saw with Julio Jones trying to stick with the Titans. He just didn't have much left. But Hopkins has a little bit more left. The mileage is there that you have to consider, and he could slow down a little bit. But the numbers also suggest that he rebounded and produced last year. So, again, we're hedging our bets a little bit, but keeping him not too far down as a pretty solid wide receiver, too, in the situation fading Burks, uh, Westbrook, Kikina, anyone else in this wide receiver core completely. So there you have it. There's a look at the first key question, looking at the new receiver in town, DeAndre Hopkins. We'll look at the old running back in town. Derek Henry with our next uh, segment here, DH Indeed, uh, is a DH start to this show. I do have to tell you more about LinkedIn Jobs. We told you that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free it's very easy to post that job uh, just take a few minutes get all the necessary information then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring for your business simple tools such as screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to both interview and hire again it is the right team member that can make the biggest difference we have a lot of great teammates that make it go here for the Lockdown Network. And you want the same type of success for your small business with everyone working together. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one developing and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So check it out. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockdownFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockdownFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, it is uh, time to continue the show here on Locked on Fantasy Football, and we're going to look at the next key question for the Titans. Is this the year that we should avoid Derrick Henry in fantasy football? Is this finally where the wheels drop off? I can't see it, folks. I think he has one more big year left, and we'll get that answer out of the way. Let's look at the numbers. He finishes the RB4 overall last season behind Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, and Josh Jacobs, but when you look at the average scoring, only behind Eckler and McCaffrey at RB3. So big, big numbers for Derrick Henry. Once again, 349 carries, led the league in that department. So nearly 350 carries, 1,538 yards. What a massive total. Working his way to Canton 
13 TDs. So big, big year for Derrick Henry. He also added 33 catches on 41 targets for 398 yards. No scores there, but when he added up nearly 2,000 yards, 1936 from scrimmage and 13 scores. That's pretty solid. We know that. 18 points a game only. Eckler and CMC were ahead of him there with that number. And uh, Jacob's right behind him. So now he's, however, ranked, despite the RB4, RB3 finishes, he's ranked as RB9 at half-point PPR in the expert consensus rankings. We look at where we're looking at with uh, the rankings ahead of him. Bijan Robinson, the rookie, fantastic rookie for the Falcons, has uh, stepped in there after McCaffrey and Eckler into the top three. Saquon Barkley, uh, we're not totally buying him as the number four here. That's pretty high. We've talked about that really high on Jonathan Taylor having a rebound, I would say. Taylor at number five and uh, Nick Chubb at number six have more appeal than Barkley as well as Henry, I think, at this stage. You have uh, Josh Jacobs, yeah, similar role here in Workhorse, a little bit younger in the franchise tag mold. Same thing with Barkley, but I think I trust uh, Jacobs a little bit more with his role in his production from last year and also durability. And finally, ahead of Derrick Henry is Tony Pollard. Interesting, another franchise tag back now, perceived as having the backfield to himself with no Ezekiel Elliott re-signed for the Cowboys. So, interesting. I think I would maybe fade Barkley in that group. I might also fade uh, Pollard a little bit versus uh, Derrick Henry, but that's about it. I'm still liking where he's ranked. I think he's a tight or running back one, I should say, but there's not a lot behind him, right? I mean, look at the people behind him. You have Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, he's in a potential uh, lead situation. Brees Hall is next. And then rounding out the top 12 and the RB1s is Najee Harris. So overall, you look at this, it's like there's not a lot. And then it really drops off to the Joe Mixon types. Travis Etienne, there's questions about their workload and their availability and their usage in their offenses. Well, again, the cutoff for maybe the workhorses comes at Najee Harris, and Derrick Henry would definitely fall into that category here. Dontrell Hilliard is gone. So you look at it, uh, they have uh, 22 vacated carries from this backfield, 43 overall touches as Hilliard was involved in the passing game, but they got a direct replacement for Hilliard. It's Tajay Spears out of Tulane to help a lot in the passing game. They're really high on him, what he's done so far. It is the age 29 season for Derrick Henry, so you got to hedge your bets a little bit. You also have Hassan Haskins battling an off-field issue, and Spears is impressed to the point where he's passed Haskins on the depth chart. So things you're looking at overall. So I think Derrick Henry's in a great spot, right? I mean, rookie change of pace back is in his number two. If that's the situation, he's usually a big-time producer. And again, Spears is a great handcuff potential because he's got that pass catching ability and if Haskins fades a little bit more Spears will also get the key early down and power work that Henry would abandon so when you look at that it's an easy price of handcuff business right with Spears at this point behind Derrick Henry so you can invest in Derrick Henry I think he's easily still a top eight running back as he's ranked right now maybe a little bit higher than that you just hedge your bets a little bit right you know injury is a possibility for anyone but he reminds me a little bit of Adrian Peterson where he took a licking, kept on ticking, kept producing, kept coming back, which is a freakish form of nature with his powerful frame and just running over people with the shiftiness and all that. So Derrick Henry, I think, has some of that bounce-back ability for him. And he's just so darn big and strong where these hits that other running backs would take would really pile up more on them than for his sake. So Derrick Henry, again, one more year. You just have to look at it. I mean, nature just says, look, it's age 29. He's going to turn that way in January 4th this year to 30. So it's uh, 
usually not kind to these running backs that have had high, high volume. And he's led the league in rushes well more than the 300 attempts in three of the past four seasons. So it's definitely adding up for Derrick Henry, but he didn't really slow down last year. Could the wheels fall off? But again, if you had your bets, make sure you get Ty J Spears behind him. You're in good shape. Uh, and uh, maybe the receptions come down a little bit, but it was already pretty modest total of 33 there for him. So maybe they come down a little bit. You could have room to eat up the, the catching work of Hilliard. So, all kinds of things to look at, but Derrick Henry, based on the volume, based on the run heaviness of this offense, based on what's behind him and Haskins fading a little bit behind Spears, then you would say it all lines up for Derrick Henry to have one more big year. But again, hedge your bets. And again, think about if he really is better than a certain guy. And I think you can definitely say that Barkley and Pollard are iffy to put over Henry. So that would put him right back into that Borderline top half of RB1s. That's how you have to look at uh, Derrick Henry here in 2023. All right. We will not ask a question of the quarterback because Ryan Tannehill is ranked way low there as uh, QB30, and uh, we're not sure about him and Will Levis. So we'll table quarterback here in that situation. Nothing we're looking at fantasy, but we are looking at tight end as a potential. So Chica Conquo, we'll look at his fantasy possibilities with our final key question here on Locked On Fantasy Football, looking at the Titans. Again, thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, our next show, we will look at the Denver Broncos. Does Russell Wilson have a rebound in him there with Sean Payton and this Saints offense taking over with Joe Lombardi? We'll look at that. We'll look at the other aspects, Jermonta Williams. What do you expect from the receiving core with uh, some flux there with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and the rookie Marvin Mims? So we'll look at all that good stuff here for the Broncos. So we're in the home stretch. Our final division will be the AFC West. We asked the key questions of. So we told you all 32 teams. They're in 32 shows. We are almost there this week. We'll wrap it up at a training camp. So we'll go to the Broncos and then we'll go to Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Not a lot of question marks there, but still exploring the ceiling and then looking at the two teams out West, the Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Starters. So again, if you missed a look at any of the previous teams there, check it out on our archives. We went through all NFC teams. The previous division here, we're finishing up the AFC South as well today. So AFC East, North, and South will be on the book. So check it out. Uh, again, a little bit of a primer, some things to catch you up on before training camp and really uh, get to the core of what we expect from all these teams in fantasy football. All right, it is uh, time to close the show and ask the third key question of the 2023 Tennessee Titans. Is Chiga Conquo a big sleeper that we want to go after in a lot of our leagues as a tight end one. Well, let's look at his finish last year. He's very efficient with limited work. Tight end 24 was his overall scoring, tight end 28. But he was playing behind Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper is quite active, right? I mean, he had quite a bit there going on for him. Uh, he did have a good chunk of catches there. So really, when you put it all together, if you combine their tight end numbers, it would have been 73 Catches on 106 targets, 894 yards, and five TDs. And interesting enough, Aconquo started about half the games. If you kind of double up his numbers from last year, that he had the 32 catches, 450, and three, you would have had 64, 906 if he had started all the games again. So that's not too far from that 894, right? And 900, and the TDs are just on par there with the targets and all that. So yeah, there was something available there for Chiga Conquo being extremely efficient to put up some numbers. Now, part of the reason there was a lot of targeting of the tight end, there wasn't much of receiver. Traylon Burks was hurting. Nick Westbrook-Kine didn't have a lot there. But again, it's very significant that Conquo made a lot of big plays here. 
He's ranked right now as tight end 12. It's a little bit contingent and dependent on what Hopkins' role can be. But we said that's quite a bit vacated by what uh, Hooper gave them a tight end. You also have a rookie behind him, Josh Weil from Cincinnati. Trayvon Wesco is a journeyman. He's a third stringer. So it's all to himself. It's not like he's battling Jeff Swaim or somebody like that for the key target. So you have Swaim and Hooper gone from this mix. Look, they can feed the ball to Hopkins, but you have to say who's next, Conquo or having Traylon Burks more involved. Well, Conquo has done a little bit more, and he's been more efficient. They had similar opportunities last year, if you look at it, uh, for sure. Because, again, 32 of 46, 450, and 3. Look at uh, Burks, 33 of 54, 444, and 1. So, Conquo was a more explosive player, and they had high hopes for him. He was very efficient with the limited touches and work behind one Hooper last year. So I'm high on him. I'm not going to go nuts. Again, the Hopkins acquisition doesn't help too much. I, I would have maybe seen him as even a potential sleeper top half tight end one, but now you still look at him in the back half, tight end 12, somewhere there, maybe tight end 14. But I do like the numbers and the spike that are going to go up. I think you'll see Burks get involved, but you'll see some of that production siphon off to Hopkins as well as from Westbrook Rikine. A little bit more passing, which is going to help Okonkwo and Hopkins as well. Dive into a bigger pool here, but it all lines up that they're going to use the tight end well under Tim Kelly and have him use. So I think we're maybe inflating Hopkins to push him towards high-end wide receiver two or wide receiver one. I think if you put him as a very solid wide receiver two and look at a Conquo more as a solid back-end tight end one versus inflating their values, I think you're seeing something fair with what you expect their return to be. So, again, it all lines up well for a Conquo to stay busy. And it'll be interesting, a Conquo and Burks, I think – Right now, Conquo is a much better value in relation to the other tight ends in a potential starting lineup than Burks right now. Unstartable, given the low volume of this passing game. And Hopkins uh, usurping his default role that we had as a number one wide receiver. Conquo is actually being elevated with no Hooper and starting all the games. So, again, I feel really confident that you're going to get sneaky good production out of a Conquo if you draft him, uh, one of the last few tight ends off the board to start, I think you'll get those type of numbers here. There's too good of a red zone presence and too good of an athlete with hands to say they're not going to involve him as much. And he's had a very good offseason, by the way. OTAs, minicamp, much like a Ty J Spears. They want to feature the youth movement, get a few more big plays in this offense, open things up, uh, kind of catch up to what the Jaguars are doing and expand and all their depth and the playmaking there. So they want a little bit more explosive offense. That's why they promoted Kelly. That's why you're going to see Akonkwo have a more prominent role and not to, to worry fading him too much in relation to Hopkins as we're going to do with Traylon Burks. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the three key questions facing the 2023 Tennessee Titans for fantasy football, answering the best we can. We'll get a few more answers in camp. That means that wraps up our look at the AFC South. That means we've got the AFC West on deck with the Denver Broncos. That's our next team. So just enough to get them all those teams in here before camps uh, start to opening everywhere around the league. So Appreciate you listening. Again, make your next listen Locked NFL. Get the off-season perspective with the reality sport there for you. And again, subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcast. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great rest of your start to the week, and we'll catch you tomorrow with a look at the Denver Broncos.